I'm Ellie. And I'm Haley. And this is Two Kids and a Broadway Star. This episode, our guest is Rory O'Malley. O'Malley, O'Malley, O'Malley. Rory originated the role of Elder McKinley in Book of Mormon, which is one of our favorite shows, and was nominated for a Tony Award. If you know Book of Mormon, you've definitely heard this song. Whoa, turn it off. Like a light switch there, it's gone. Good for you. My hetero side just won. I'm all better now. He was also the first replacement for King George in Hamilton on Broadway, toured with the show, and was in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And Rory was in the movie Dreamgirls, and he started Cecily's Drama Club online to help raise money for Fair Fight and the Georgia primaries. We're super excited to talk to him. Ready? Ready. Hi, Rory. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me on. We are big Book of Mormon fans and have seen the show twice. Wow. I hope you're not going to ask me questions about Book of Mormon, because I don't think I can answer your questions about that. I'm not kidding. Well, we'll just revise half the script suddenly. <laughs> I cosplayed as a Mormon when I went to Broadway Con, and I went around preaching to people. Oh, <laughs> That wow. was really weird while I asked them for money. <laughs> um, we're really excited to have you on the podcast. Are you ready for our questions? I am so ready. Can't wait. So we always want to know about how people get started in theater because they all have their own unique stories. So did you do a lot of acting when you were a kid? Do you remember the very first show you ever did? Yes, I did as much acting as I possibly could. And I auditioned for every show and I didn't get into a lot of shows. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and a lot of times I didn't get in, but I just kept auditioning and trying to be in every play I could. My first play was the Christmas pageant at Our Lady of Angels grade school where I was in, in second grade and I was playing the part of St. Joseph of Jesus's dad. And I was like, oh, it's the lead. You know, I was so excited. Of course, Jesus is the actual lead, but um, I had lines. So, uh, no, it was such an amazing, exciting day because my whole class, we got together and we rehearsed, you know, for, for a couple of weeks and we got to perform this story that was so important to everybody for the whole school. And I told my mom after that that I know what I want to be for the rest of my life. I want to be an actor. It's so ironic that, like, you did like a Christian play and then you go on to do Book of Mormon. It's like you're just preparing yeah. for that. You know what? I never even really put that together, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I heard you also play Moroni on there. Yes! Yeah, that must have been super yeah. fun. Oh, for my birthday a few years ago, um, we I begged my parents to make angel food cupcakes and then they made a sign that said Moroni food cupcakes. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I remember when, when that got added into the show because I worked on the show for like three years and that wasn't always a part of it. I was just playing Elder McKinley and all of a sudden we were telling that part of the story and it was just so much fun to get to dress up like that as well not just in my mormon tie i am moroni if you could go back and give your younger self advice what would it be um to be more like the two of you first of all and to just have fun and to um not uh worry about how to be a part of theater and just 
just enjoy it, you know, and just be, uh, enjoy the moment and, and creating and being with friends because that's the most important thing, especially when you're young, no matter what you do when you grow up, if you're going to be on Broadway or if you do community theater or if you're a lawyer or if whatever you do, the fact that you get to be a young person and create theater or love theater with your friends is just such a gift and it's so wonderful. So I would just tell you know, my younger self to just enjoy that and not worry about how it all turns out in the end. Well, first of all, thank you very much for that yeah. first comment. That You're so honored. And for your second, um, your second piece of advice, I, I think that's such a great piece of advice because definitely it's not like, it's not the end that matters. It's what you're doing right then and then and now and what you really think is going to bring joy to you yeah. just like yeah. that moment on stage where the mm -hmm. lights shine on you it's basically like live in the now with what you're doing yeah exactly but you you put it way better than I did how old <laughs> are you girls I'm 11 I'm 10 wow well you're doing pretty great for 11 and 10 I could never have even put together that sentence when I was your age <laughs> <laughs> so what is the audition process for Broadway shows because I think we're all dying to know that yeah well it depends on the show the good thing about uh, Book of Mormon was that I was a part of it before there were any auditions it was something called a reading so when yeah. when people are writing a show sometimes they ask actors to perform it for just a small group so they can hear it out loud and uh, we did that probably three times for the Book of Mormon when I was playing Elder McKinley. And, and so they started writing the character around what I could do. And then, you know, then it was a big tap number and there was all these things. And they started, you know, forming the, the character of Elder McKinley to be based on whatever I was capable of and, and, or what was funniest when I said it. So it was a real gift, a very different experience than most Broadway auditions. Uh, because many times when you have a Broadway audition, there's a show, maybe you get material from the show, maybe you don't. You go in and you sing 32 bars of, of a song, uh, of, you know, because they don't have a lot of time to hear even a whole song from you. So you sing pretty quickly, try to show them that you uh, have musicality and, and range and that you most importantly, I think that you can tell a story. You know, and if you if you're auditioning for something that's a comedy that you can land a joke, if you're auditioning for something that's dramatic, that you can hold an audience attention with uh, heavy material. And so uh, that's that's tricky because it's really about choosing what you sing. I think that's like 75 percent of your audition is what you sing or what you know what you perform if you aren't given the material. And sometimes you're given a whole song to learn like with a day or two's notice and you go in and you sing a song that you have and then you are ready to sing this new song you learned and they say no thank you <laughs> you go home now and you learn this whole new song that you will never have to perform <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can't imagine going so far that they would actually get like a song from the show and like it's even harder when you get right to where you're about to get in you're up against another person and that yeah. person gets in you're just like 
well, I guess yeah. I did all that for nothing. Yeah. But it's not for nothing because the audition process of a Broadway show must be so important in auditioning for other shows and getting more experience in that area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's always about meeting people and showing them what you can do because maybe you aren't good for that particular show but you might be good for the next show that that casting director is putting together or that director is doing so you know nothing it's never a waste whenever you go in for an audition you're always making uh your relationship stronger by showing the people in that room who you are as a performer and what you can do and you never know what they're what next project they have. I once had a director who came up to me after an audition and he said, I think you did a wonderful job. We need somebody who's better at this and this. And I really, I appreciate how hard you worked on this, but it's not gonna go your way this time, but I'll always keep you in mind. And I so appreciated that because he told me before I left the room, I knew I didn't get it, but I felt like my work had really been respected uh at that moment because you know you put in a lot of time for several several hours for each audition that you go to and so it it does sting when you don't get something and it makes it harder to to get your put all the work into the next audition but you realize that's the work and when you get the job or when you get to be on stage whatever stage it is that's when you're playing that's when it's fun you know that's when it's really um, a celebration of all your hard work for all the auditions that you didn't get. Yeah, I can agree with the stuff about the auditions, but in the opposite way, kind of, because when I was auditioning t- t- for my school musical t- a couple of years ago, they had me learn part of the song and then, that I already knew, but then right after I finished that, they were like, okay, let's finish the song, and I was not prepared for that. They just <laughs> had me do it, so okay (laughs) yeah a lot of times you can just be you know something is thrown at you at an audition and you have to just do your best you know because Mm -hmm. they know they're throwing something at you a lot of the time if they do something like that and they're just trying to see if you can uh react in a positive way and you know sometimes when you go to a rehearsal you think you're going to be doing one thing and you have to do something else and you just have to show that you are a team player and that you're able to kind of deal with things when they're not what you thought they were going to be. On the fly. Yeah. On the fly. Which of your Broadway roles do you relate to the most? Did that make it easier or harder to play the character? Ooh, wow. That's a really, really good question. And I guess it would be Elder McKinley because I like, like you two ladies pointed out that I started off, you know, uh, my acting career in a religious play. Um, And I think that it it definitely helped me. It helped me understand. I I grew up Catholic. So I understood what growing up in um, a religion meant. And I understood what, uh, you know, a similar kind of view on family and and life. And um, so that definitely helped me. Uh, It's still very different, but I felt like it really helped um, being close to that character. Do you think it's easier to play an original character like Elder McKinley in Book of Mormon or to take over a role like King George? You say the price of my love's not a price that you're willing to pay. You cry. That is such a good question. I would say that it's a lot harder to take over a role. 
And the only reason is because remember when I was saying that those, uh, those, those rehearsals or those workshops and readings where we were creating Book of Mormon, the writers were tailor making that part for me. So if it didn't look good on me that, or if it didn't seem like that line was working for me, they would change it. But when you go into a role that has already been solidified and that's what it is like King George the third, it's already works, you know, they didn't have to be like, how are we going to make this work for Rory? It's how am I going to take what I do and put it into this character? Um, and so that's a challenge, and especially when it's something like Hamilton, where everybody loves it. You know, I loved Hamilton so much when I saw it. And so when I got to the privilege to be a part of it, I just didn't want to ruin the greatest show ever <laughs> created, you know. So I, wor I worked hard to make sure that I was honoring what was created by Jonathan Groff and Brian Darcy James, the, the, the men who had played the role before me, but also to make sure that my uh, sensibility and take on the character, my unique um, thoughts on King George were coming through as well, mm -hmm. which is tricky. It's hard. You know, I, you don't have to think about that when you're originating a role. Yeah. yeah. Whenever we are learning about history and King George comes up, then I am resisting the urge to go da 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 yeah i know i think i would have learned a lot more about american history if i would have had hamilton to keep me engaged oh definitely yeah when you take over a role how do you make it your own or do you try to stay true to the character that has been created especially for a role, a as, role popular. as popular as king george where everyone was so obsessed with the cast in the show yeah i mean it was definitely scary you know to 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 be in, in in that show with the original cast and to be the first person to take over the throne <laughs> um it was not uh it was not easy but the good thing was is that Jonathan Groff was so lovely to me and so great and showed me around the theater and told me the ins and outs of of the part and and he was just fantastic so he made me feel at home right away and I felt like he gave me permission to own the role and the character and not to feel like I didn't belong there and that's just the guy that he is he's always been so fantastic and then you know the creative team as well Tommy Kale the, the director and Alex Lacamoire and the, the entire cast was just so wonderful to me and grateful that I was there. So that makes it a lot easier to go out on stage and feel welcome and to not worry about that. And I think that, you know, you don't really have to worry about making it your own because you are you as a performer. You can't, you can't be another actor, even if you tried. So you don't try, you just know that they figured out where the best place to stand is. They figured out what the best lines are. They figured out, you know, when to move, the their scepter you know like that those things I don't have to do and that's great somebody figured it out for me they gave me the road map now I just have to walk down that road and it'll be unique to me because it's me doing it and the theater community is so accepting Amazing. Of other people it's 
people say it's the hardest business to work with yeah. and get into, but once you're in, you're in. You're in. You're because in. everyone is so accepting of people mm -hmm. and who they are. So yeah, I don't see a problem yeah. with any of that. <laughs> it's so true. You know, it's definitely a wonderful group of people who, who work on Broadway and in theater in general, you know, and it's, it's cause it's all the same people that when you're doing school plays and when you're with your friends, you know, those are the same, they, we were all those people, you know, we were all those kids in, in school plays. So, you know, that it's a, it's a wonderful group of friends. Um, and we got into the theater because we love it and we love working as a team. So I think, you know, it, it really does show uh, in moments like that when somebody like myself walking into this amazing show feels so vulnerable and scared can just be put at ease by a wonderful group of, of actors. So your big song in Book of Mormon was Turn It Off. <laughs> and it has one of the best costume changes that we have ever seen. Presto, <laughs> you suddenly have a sparkly vest on. Yeah. We were thinking that it's probably sort of impossible to change like that, but we do have an idea of how you that did I it. I told you. Well, tell me, what do you think it is? <laughs> okay, so we think that you guys stuffed the vest in your pants and then when the lights go out while you're doing the tech review pull it out put it on and button it up and then when it comes on boom presto you're in it are you allowed to tell us if that's correct <laughs> you know i i think i was sworn to secrecy by ann roth who was nominated for a Tony for her work on the show, but I'll, I'll give you guys a little hint. Okay. I've never done this before. I will say you're very close, very close. Yes, 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 yes. But the only thing is, and I can't, I, I honestly, I can't even explain it to you because even though I did it almost a thousand performances, it's, it was a, a designed so that it could be in our pants and then we could literally just put it up over our heads like a bib and that it just kind of, it just goes in the right place. And I'm telling you, I thought, it, you know, it was going to be a disaster. I never had one issue with getting my sparkly vest over my head. Wow. So wow. That that, that's Ann Roth and her team that they were able to figure that out. Now we did have a lot of times where we, when we first started before we had this genius, um, set up that we had them folded in our pockets so in the dark we were trying to unfold them we had like glow tape on one part <laughs> it, it never worked that never worked out well that was during one of the workshops but by the time we got to broadway we had a great system all set up yeah my parents and i planned that when i'm older we're gonna try and do a gender swap version of book of mormon for me. i love it i love it <laughs> that would be funny yeah so we saw that you were in in an episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is one of my parents' favorite shows, which I cannot wait to watch when I'm older. And you've done TV and movies. How hard is it to switch between those different types of theater? Um, you know, in one way, it's totally easy because it's all just acting and storytelling and you're just doing the same thing. But in another way, it's so different because there are cameras and it's not the same uh, medium, you know? It's, you have to learn how cameras work. 
which is very different. I know where the audience is when I'm on a stage. I am fully aware. It doesn't take a lot of explanation. But when you are working with cameras, you have to remember where the camera is. If, there are, if there's more than one camera, you have to know uh, where your microphone is and how intimate the scene is. And you can't be too big for, for a camera because it picks up every single little movement you have. So it's definitely different. Um, but it's a totally different challenge. And I, I love it so much, especially when you're working on something like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with Rachel Bloom, who's an amazing theatrical performer herself. And, you know, it was just a lot of fun to, to get to be on that show. But people, especially in New York TV world, they're all from the theater. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it feels like you're just with the same, same group of friends as well. Aww. So do you have any plans to head back to Broadway? I would love to. I mean, I live in Los Angeles currently. I was about to open the Los Angeles company of Hamilton right before everything happened. So we were going to do the show again there. I did it three years ago, I think it was, um, or maybe four now. Uh, when it first came to Los Angeles. So we were going to open up the show again. And it was right on the first preview when everything got shut down. So, you know, I hope that I'm going to get to be able to be a part of that show again in Los Angeles. I hope to play the king forever. You know, I am I love playing that part. And so um, coming back to New York and doing it at some point would be a dream too. Uh, but my husband and I have a two-year-old son. So we're um, pretty busy as new parents, which I didn't realize it's a lot of work. Tell your parents, thank you, okay? Oh, they have reminded me multiple <laughs> times about the terrible nine months. A lot. <laughs> Too many times, in fact. It's like I'm ever in their debt. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yes. I call my mom now and, and thank her many times. Uh, but, but, you know, Broadway is my favorite thing. I love being on stage. It's a big challenge to do it eight times a week. And um, I hope that something comes along that, uh, you know, is that works out that I can be in it and that I can throw myself into it. And my husband and I can work it out with our son. And, and I hope that soon, you know, and I just, I want to see a show on Broadway, let alone be in one, you know, I just want, I, I look forward to Broadway being back again. Same. Yeah. Same. Same. So you're very active in equality groups and have even helped found the activism group Broadway Impact. Can you tell us about that? I would love to. Yes. So Broadway Impact is an organization I started with Gavin Creel and Jenny Canellos. We started it back in 2009 after Barack Obama was elected and we had done a bunch of work around the country um, doing phone banks and community and organizing for him marriage equality so that you know gay people weren't allowed to get married and we wanted to fight for marriage equality especially with the broadway community because the broadway community was so passionate about the issue and so uh we got together and started writing to our state senators in new york and we held rallies in times square and we went to washington and we ended up producing a play called eight with dustin lance black and a bunch of other Broadway and Hollywood stars that was about overturning Prop 8, which is the, the law that was made in California that stopped 
uh, gay people from being allowed to get married. And that was, yeah, that was a real thumbs down. And, yeah. and so we, we worked really hard to change that and um, helped bring a case to overturn that in the California Supreme Court, which did get overturned. And uh, then it was overturned or, you know, it was happened, went through the Supreme Court that we were able to have marriage nationally. And uh, so I now am married, you know, and that I have a husband and a child. And it just goes to show you that if you believe there is injustice or inequality, and if you fight for it, and if you rally your friends and your community, even if they're small, that you can make a difference. Wow, that that is just so important. Like, so people who love each other must be together. I mean, like, no yeah. matter their gender, you know, mm-hmm. it's or just gender identity. gender identity. It's just, I can't believe that someone would just ban that. It's it's a terrible thing to do to a person. Yeah. yeah. What have you been doing during quarantine? Ah, I've been chasing my two-year-old son around the house. That is a <laughs> full-time job. Um, so that's that's basically what I've been doing is getting to you know be with him, and it's exhausting, but it's wonderful that we really are getting to spend so much time uh, with him. And I've also been recording episodes of a couple of different animated shows. Uh, one being Central Park for. Apple TV, wow. which is really fun, which my buddy Josh Gad is one of the producers and creators on. And so I've gotten to sing songs on that because it's a musical animated show. If you guys haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's really, really fun. It sounds such a like a great opportunity to collaborate on something with Josh Gad. I mean, just saying, my buddy Josh Gad. I'm just like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy to hear you say that because... Well, Josh. Josh and, and I were in college together also with Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. So Leslie's on the show as well. But yeah, there was a bunch of us from, from Carnegie Mellon. So what can people do to support theater right now? Well, the first most important thing is to reach out to people uh, who you know, who make their living in theater, whether they're on stage or backstage or front of house ushers or people who sell ads. I mean, there's an entire industry of people who are out of work and it's uh, a scary time for all of them. So, you know, reach out and if you know people, tell them you're there for them and uh, see if they if, if they need you, because you never know. But also there's things like Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, and the Actors Fund, where you can donate, give money, and they are making sure that folks who are falling through the cracks of unemployment or whatever safety net there is out there, that they will help those people. And that is so important. And if you are somebody who needs help, you should contact the Actors Fund if you work in the entertainment business. So that's that's what I would suggest. Yeah, and stars who have been like, shut down well not them but like the broadway industry which has been shut down stars who are unemployed you think that they're just untouchable that they're so amazing and that you're not like worthy of talking to them but like you can crazy you can actually reach out to them (laughs) yeah hey here we are we're talking 
Yeah. You guys are helping me because, you know, I miss Broadway so much and I miss being able to talk to people who love Broadway after shows. And so having this conversation and talking to people who also love it, that's going to make my day much better. So thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for coming on. Yeah. So before we let you go, we have a lightning round of questions for you. Are you in? I'm in. Okay, one minute on the clock. What musical should we see first when Broadway is back? Oh, um, I think we should see uh, Book of Mormon because you can never see it enough. Yeah. Good point. What musical have you been listening to lately? Um, I have been listening to Ragtime. I've been listening to Ragtime a lot. I'm going to have to listen to that. Me too. So what have you eaten most during the shutdown? Ice cream. Yes. yes. Thank you. We've never we haven't heard that answer yet. Weirdly, um, do you have any pets? I don't. I just have a two-year-old son, and that is enough for me at the moment. <laughs> Did you make a New Year's resolution? If so, what is it? Um, <laughs> uh, my New Year's resolution is always to drink more water, and I fail miserably. <laughs> Same. I feel you. <laughs> what is your favorite Pixar movie? Oh, I, I love all of them. I think Wally is my favorite, but um, did you see Soul, the new one? Yes, I love it so much. I have yet to, but I'm really going to try. Good. I'm going to try. I'm okay. going to try. Good. It's really good. What were Leslie Odom and Josh Gad like in college? They were just two funny, nerdy, fun guys. Um, <laughs> well, Josh is more of a nerd than Leslie, obviously, but... Um, <laughs> They're just good friends, and they're, they were very clearly incredibly talented. You know, it's not a surprise to me at all where they, where they are and what they're doing with their lives, and I'm just so glad that the world is seeing it. Um, who wins in a beauty pageant, King George or Elder McKinley? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, they'd win different categories. Elder, uh, Elder McKinley would definitely win talent. Come on, you know, he's got a few talent up his sleeve, yeah. a good captain thing. And uh, King George would probably win uh, evening gown or whatever he's wearing, the cape. Time. Rory um, O'Malley, thank you so much for being on Two Kids and a Broadway Star. Broadway Star, Broadway Star, Broadway Star. Hey, Girl, nice it is my honor. Thank you for having me. Rory has done a lot of work in support of equality and voter registration. In that spirit, this episode supports Fair Fight. If you'd like to contribute, you'll find a link in our show notes. Thanks for listening. Everybody. Da 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 da